Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. And this is Alex. Today we're talking about a uh, an issue that's obviously the whole world is affected by. So we're talking about Germany during the COVID-19 pandemic and what it's like to be here during these yeah, awful we, times. We, we've, we vaguely talk about it during each episode to give an update on the regulations, that sort of thing. But right. we never really focused on it because we kind of wanted to be an escape for you guys, but I think it's time to do a whole episode on how life changed yeah. during Corona. Yeah, we, we didn't want to talk about it until it was over, but now it's a part of our everyday life. And we understand that it's maybe affected you in, in many personal ways, and we want to extend our thoughts to you in these tough times. This week's episode is brought to you by Koya Insurance. Now, this is a um, this is a purely online insurance company. There is no office you have to go to, no physical paperwork you have to sign. You use the app. You can uh, buy all kinds of insurance policies, including ooh, what do we got? We got bicycle insurance. We got household insurance. We have private liability insurance. We mm. have insurance for your dog. And this is all found in English through the app. I would highly recommend Koya Insurance to any expat living in Germany. It's so easy. It's so affordable. I am currently a client uh, even before the podcast started because I found them just to be the uh, the best choice when it came to insurance because uh, it's easy. There's no long three-page thing in German that you won't understand. So to learn more, go to koya.com. That is C-O-Y-A.com. Again, all that insurance is in English. Nice. That's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are, episode 51. 51. And uh, yeah. Forgot to mention, too, we're going to have a, uh, a guest today on the show. We'll introduce this person uh, a little bit later. And this is someone who has that experience moving to Germany, to Berlin specifically, during Corona as well. Yeah. I mean, so, a lot of you who have messaged us are planning on doing the same and you're, right. you're concerned is, is this possible is this you know is this even worth it so he'll give you some insight on what it's like yeah i think it'll be pretty interesting to know because we don't know we, we didn't move here during it we just been here so yeah. we'll talk about our experiences a bit and then we'll get uh we'll get him on the line and uh introduce him yeah great yeah first we'll do some shout outs like always jeff and uh the first one is you want to thank how do you say chelled or chelle dj and it's a chilled DJ or chill G DJ? Chill, chill, yeah, that makes more sense. Chill DJ and Greta Sobi for our amazing reviews on Apple Podcasts are really, really sweet reviews. Some of the best reviews we've ever had. Yeah, yeah it, it, it really gave sweet. Jeff and I a little warm and fuzzies in our hearts. It did. And, and we're not joking, it actually did. So uh, thank yeah, you we, very yeah, much. It actually did. Yeah. And uh, one little tidbit of, of weird news. Germany uh, will be the first country to ban the shredding of male chicks, also known as baby chickens. In uh, This uh, legislation was passed this year. It'll be coming to effect next year, 2022. Do, do other people kill chicks? Yeah. So uh, worldwide, basically, when uh, chicks, baby chickens are born. Yeah, they're cute. If you're uh, a boy chick, you're immediately thrown into a shredder and killed. Oh. Now, a lot of people don't know this. The, Holy shit. Yeah, only the female chicks are kept because A, they lay eggs, and B, they become much bigger, have more meat than the male chicks. So the male chicks are kind of useless, in, you know, in the, ter- in the farmer's eyes, so they get, right. they get killed, shredded oh my God. In, in big batches. So Germany, uh, starting, I think, a couple years ago, said, okay, you, got, you guys have a few years to figure out, because the farmers are saying there's no other way. Uh, to deal with the situation, but they said, okay, we've got, I think it was like two or three years to figure out uh, another way to, to handle this. Okay. And um, and it comes to effect next year, finally. So That sounds nice. So I'm not sure what solution they came up with, but... Oh my uh, God. But uh, it's something. Okay, well, that was, that's some good uplifting news, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we feel kind of weird 
we're not asking. We feel kind of weird saying this, but a few people have asked if they can donate towards the bottle um, for the show, and we feel really awkward doing this, but we thought it was easier, and we're not asking anyone to give any money in any way if you don't want to. Uh, but we do have a PayPal link on our website if you want to use that, and then you can ask a little message right. on there. It'll be and the, say what bottle it's for, um, it, it, if it is or, for something. Yeah, or just you know d- donate anonymously. Um, you know, it'll be at the at the very bottom uh, footer of the website. People have asked how we donate to the show, so we're just giving that option. And full disclosure, we actually because you know you're saying oh you have a sponsor, we do have a sponsor, but we make zero profit from our sponsor. Right. They, they give us just enough money to uh, pay the costs of the podcast, you know, the, the podcasting hosting fees or our podcasting equipment and, uh, and some of the whiskey. So, um, so we make no profit. So, but yeah, if, if you feel like you want to donate, please do that. If not, you're under no obligation. We would no, again, we, we're we not would, asking. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it was something people asked about. So we figured we put a little link on the website. Yeah. And, um, and there it is. We'll never mention I'll, it again. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I feel yeah. really awkward. But what you can do, which is free, is to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined, if you like the show. Sure. Also, you can find all of our links to our social media and everything else on our website. That's A-G-D- well, A-G-D- That's agdwpodcast.com. And there we have a news page, an extras page, and our whiskey review page with all the pictures and the reviews of our lovely bottles. And we have an Instagram and a YouTube, and you can find all those links on our website. So uh, you don't need to hear me t- tell you what they are. They exactly. are there are through the Google machine. You can figure all that and, out yeah. for yourself. Uh, but yeah, we are on the the socias. We're on the socias. Uh, so well, you we're, can, not, we're not great at it, but we're yeah, on them. But you can find us. Um, <laughs> but you know, speaking of uh, amazing listeners to the show, yes, we have a whiskey bottle today that was uh, actually donated to us by an amazing uh, fan of the show. Yes, he contacted us out of the blue said he wanted to pay for our next bottle of whiskey. Uh, we said no, but he was insistent. He said he loved the show. He really wanted to help us out. Um, so we have this amazing bottle of whiskey from Joe. We so, do. Uh, Joe, you are our number one fan. Thank you so much. Joe. Yes, th- thank you so much, Joe. He uh, said he's also a fellow rye guy, and he said we had to try this whiskey. Yeah, and then he, he donated us his bottle of whiskey. So, Joe, and- thank you. Again, we've thanked him, I think, a million times already, but... Again, thank you so much. This is so cool. And what whiskey did Joe recommend we get? Joe recommended that we get and that he gave us is Heaven's Door Straight Rye Whiskey finished in Vasquez oak barrels. What kind of oak barrels? Vosquez. V-O-S-G-E-S. I don't know what that is. Okay, so some type of oak barrels that some kind of apparently barrel. are good for the production of rye whiskey. And it's, um, well, we'll see. Hopefully it is. It's a beautiful bottle. Uh, it's really, really cool looking, really cool design. It's got a super yeah. classy cork on here with like a little metal HD on the top for Heaven's Door. Yeah, real cork. P- please check out our website. Go to our, our our whiskey section on our website. You'll see the picture. You know, some of these whiskey bottles are really gorgeous. So really come oh, check this one out. Yeah, yeah this, this, one, this one's great. I'll read you a little yeah, blurb. We'll have, we'll have a picture on there. At the end, during the review, but for now, I'm going to pour us. Well, usually you do like the mini blurb. Don't you have like? There's only one blurb no, in this guy. You've got a lot of information in the in the packet there. There's a packet, and also this one, this whiskey is. I, I wrote the packet says okay. Heaven's Door is an award-winning collection of handcrafted American whiskeys, co-created with Bob Dylan. Who we had no idea till just now. I mean, maybe it's some other guy named Bob Dylan and just taking his nah, name. It makes sense because it's Heaven's Door. It's Heaven's knock, Door. Knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Door. That's I mean, it. You know. 
The perfect blend of art and craft, each bottle of Heaven's Door showcases Dylan's distinctive welded iron gates that he created in his studio, Black Buffalo Ironworks. Ah. That must be this. No, no, the, the iron gates in the front. The artistry oh. is his. That's why it's, a, the, the, and actually, depending on which bottle of Heaven's Door you get, there's a different uh, design on the front. Oh, it's Heaven's Gate. I thought it was a Hamza. No, it's actually the gate. Yeah, I thought it was like a, a I don't know why I did put a Hamza on there, but anyways. You're saying something in Hebrew that I don't understand. It's a Hebrew thing. It's like the, okay. the, the thing with the, I think it's called a Hamza. The thing with the, it looks like a, a hand. You said it as if I say Hamza every day and I know what you you're don't, talking you know, about. I, you know, I'm not even sure if it's called a Hamza. <laughs> I think it is. Okay. Anyways, let's pop open this guy. Yeah, let's take a, let's take a taste. Hmm, very nice. That was good. I opened it too slow. Good squeak, though. It's great. I love good squeak. Whoa, okay. Something got a little poor happy. It smells real good. Hmm, that smells really good. Okay, it sounds oh. like he's pouring, like... Like a liter of whiskey out, but really, it's not that much. It's a lot. Jeff's, Jeff's glass it, it, is full. He already drank half of it. I'm like, Jeff, co- <laughs> Jeff, stop drinking so much. You want some more? Je- more, Jeff, already. Just cheers, me. My goodness. Cheers. Relax. That's a rye. Mm, that is a rye. That's good. It's very good. And I know you're all going to say you could be a millionaire if you had a dollar every time I said, it's check, good. check out that slow burn. That's got a nice slow burn. That's got a nice slow burn. True. Yeah. But I think every whiskey you've ever had has a nice slow burn. <laughs> Not true. Some of the no, bad no. ones don't. That's true. Um, I like a nice slow burn, but that's, yeah, that's a good rye. That's good. And it's not very, it's not too sweet, Mm-mm. which some ryes can sometimes be a bit too sweet, which I like actually. It has more of a bite. It has more of a bite to it. Yeah. I like that. I like it too. That's good. Cool. Let's, uh, let's sip on that as we dive into our topic. Yes. And again, the topic is Germany during the COVID-19 pandemic yeah so we're going to kind of tell you the story of how life changed in germany how the pandemic arrived in germany yeah, all this, that kind of stuff and this know. is kind of chronological yeah it's, it's pretty it, much it's, chronological it's pretty how, how, how we're going to do this yeah. yeah so um yeah let's get started then okay um yeah at the beginning when the pandemic became international news i think us like it was like january i would say you know like january is when we, we really start talking heard, about it you had bits in late december but you weren't really paying attention it wasn't more till january that it's like oh okay this is actually uh, right. not going away you know and, and pr- probably like a lot of people too um because because it's so far away we really like i personally everyone i talked to didn't really worry about it that much and i kind of thought of it kind of like the um the swine flu the sars or the sars or no, the-, the same thing swine flu i think this was, was a source same thing yeah oh or like the bird flu or you know ebola everyone freaked out about, about ebola but never wound up being like a giant international crisis yeah. i remember as a kid um when the swine flu slash sars was happening um when i ordered stuff on ebay and it came from china i was kind of made oh uh, you know like watch yeah. that watch that box you know um, do, you, do you remember mad cow disease yeah sure that was a thing too yeah still is yeah. a thing some places you know. true it is yeah. um yeah so I, I feel like a lot of people just didn't really think much of it because it was very much isolated to China and the surrounding region. Right. So in January, we had no cases in Europe yet. So, yeah, we were like, ah, oh, we're safe. It's going it's to be contained, you know, over there. It's a, it's a small yeah. small outbreak. And also know. I thought, too, I was like, it's Germany. You know, they're, they're going to have their things figured out. They usually do. I was, nope. wrong. I was wrong. And yeah, and then it finally came to Germany in around February. Yeah, but it, it was really slow. It was like a few, you know, out of all of Germany for a few weeks, it was... A, you know, a handful of cases, a few hundred cases. Yeah, it wasn't very big. And they were pretty much isolated to um, one German state. And actually, a lot of people, you probably don't know this, Berlin didn't get its first case of corona 
till March 1st. Right. So so for a full month and a half, while the rest of the world, US, wherever, is dealing with corona in a big way, we, we in Berlin, we experienced no changes. We were living life like normal because when you know there's physically is not one case of corona in the city you live, you know, you're... You're not wearing masks. You're not because what's the point? There's not. There's literally not right. one case of Corona. You know, um, and, and then and then and then eventually, kind of got real. I remember at work um, sometime in February. Yeah, it was probably February, maybe March. Where they're talking about like it's going to come to Berlin. It's in it's in Germany already. You it's know? inevitable. Yeah, it's inevitable. And then they're like, you know, they'll shut down schools. Like we're talking about that. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I have like a week off of work, and then it'll blow by, and then you know, we'll be back. Back to normal. How naive I was, Jeff. I th- no, but we all were. We we, we assumed ah, if it does hit Berlin again, it'll be there'll be a few cases, whatever. Yeah, they'll right, be like um, a, for a few weeks, something you know, something will change. No big deal. But yeah. But when life changed, I remember we were you, me, and two friends of ours. We were at a whiskey bar. Go figure. In yep. in Berlin, um, I believe it was like mm, March twelfth, March thirteenth, March fourteenth, somewhere in the middle of March. Um, we're at a whiskey bar and suddenly we all started getting texts from our friends and whatnot mm-hmm. saying, guys, they just announced there's going to be a lockdown. Bars are going to be closed. Cinema is going to be, you know, all the entertain like stores in general or everything was going to be Everything's going to be closed. Yeah, exactly. But up until that point, it was funny because like it was like all at once because it's not, we hadn't, we didn't have small steps before that. You know what I mean? It was just was suddenly. Not really true. It was just suddenly from normal life to boom lockdown everything's yeah. gonna be closed true it was just an, it was announced that day and it really hit us where we're like this just might be the last time we could hang out for who knows how long and that, that that's when like the panic started to set in I, I think a bit more with a lot of people well i know a lot of us we went to uh the grocery stores and we bought like big cases of beer because because we thought that was gonna be enough to ride us out for the next two weeks or however that's long, what i did yeah or how long this one case of beer is gonna ride us out the whole pandemic of course <laughs> Nope, but uh, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, I mean, we, we, it's funny. We, we were not panic buying toilet paper or anything. Just beer. I just we just wanted to make sure we're good to go. Right, because they said Spades are closing. You know the well, the Seven Elevens convenience stores. The convenience you know? stores are closing, and that's where that's where you get your beer a lot of times. I was like, oh man, well, in that case, I gotta go to the grocery store. They're gonna be packed. I'm gonna get a few cases of beer. Have my own. So I think I had three or four cases at home. Um, you know, just just in case, because everything else I can get easily. But if, I I said a feeling beer would be hard to get, so I just wanted to have it. Yeah, it wasn't though. But, it wasn't uh, hardly yet. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I didn't even, like. Yeah, but but, but still, <laughs> I wasn't sitting at home drinking by myself yeah, during a no, lockdown. No, we have girlfriends and stuff. So, but uh, but yeah, but again, it's, it's the first time something like this is happening to you, so you don't really quite know what how, to do or how to react. Exactly. I mean, it's, it hasn't happened for for a hundred years, so I don't think anyone really knew. Um, yeah, and and also again, when this happened, we again figured, all right, write it out for a few weeks. Then, okay, that's going to suck. You know, it's going to be uh, boring, but a few weeks and we're back to normal pretty much, you know? Pretty much. I mean, and the thing is like the lockdown in Germany and Berlin kind of worked because we were almost back to normal come summer, except for things were closed, which you can meet up with people. You go to parks, you do a lot of things. Right. But, um, but yeah, you're but jumping yeah, far ahead. Well, yeah, well, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Sorry. Yeah. So pretty much, yeah, we couldn't see friends. You had to stay at home. You could only go to the grocery store or to work. The uh, public transportation was pretty empty. It was really weird yeah. to see going to work and having like 10 people on the train with me. And back then it was more, much more of a proper lockdown than the lockdowns they have now. Because I remember I back then, even just to leave your house, you had to have a reason. You know what I mean? You couldn't, right. you couldn't just go hang out with a bunch of friends at the park or whatever. You know, like, um, I remember those first few weeks when we, when we did go on a walk, just me and my girlfriend, we would see a group of just four people and police car would stop and be like, Hey, break it up, get out of here. Like you guys can't be hanging out in groups like this anymore. You know, uh, which is it, was, it was taken. Yeah. But 
it was actually enforced then. It was enforced. Now, now it's not. But it was uh, just bizarre. Like right now we're having four times the amount of cases and the rules are pretty much the same now, finally, in almost February. Um, and like, I feel like no one cares at the moment. I mean, people care, but yeah, but it's, yeah, it's weird. The reason that first lockdown worked was because it was a true lockdown. You are, it was a, it was like how they have in California. In California, they called it a stay at home order, which is kind yeah. of how this was in Germany at that time. Yes. Where it's, you're at home, you leave to get food or go to the, uh, to get some to work. medication or go to work. But even then you shouldn't be going to work. If you can, you should stay home, but you're, you're not hanging out with anybody and that's it, you yeah. know? Um, so, but yeah, it was, it, I remember at the beginning, it took a lot of time to get used to just the lack of, uh, socializing. Uh, God, it was, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. And, and the nutty part for us was this happened, what, four, five, six weeks after we just started this podcast. Well, no, because we started the podcast in February. So Corona was already a deep thing, and, but it just wasn't affecting us. So it, it was Corona. Corona was already in Germany when we started this podcast. True. It just was not in Berlin. But, but the, the lockdown, when a lockdown happened, yeah, it yeah. was probably five, six weeks after we True. started the podcast. And we're like, oh, we got a good thing going. We, we want to keep this going. What are we going to do, Jeff? So I had to find a recorder and um, we had to figure out how we're going to do it remotely. But then the, the big problem was the whiskey swap. So how are we going to... Yeah, because we, we still wanted... The both, same both whiskey. Of us to have the same whiskey. We but we're not going to. We're not going to buy two point seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So then Jeff and I had to figure out a way to do this, and usually wound up of Jeff would go on a bike ride. Because luckily, at least in the first lockdown, the weather was nice, so you could go for a bike ride. You go for a walk, and at least hanging on the balcony was okay. Where now it's just cold and terrible. Yeah, this was like March, April. It was slightly warming, and it was beautiful, and it was a very um, a not cold winter. You know what I mean? Like compared mm, to this winter, it wasn't true. so cold, and we were. We weren't out of the winter, but we were like slow, you know, we winter were on the started way like in February, it felt like last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like Jeff, so what happened was Jeff would ride his bike over to my flat and um, I'd be in my like not showered, wearing like sweatpants. And I come down, we'd be really distant, I had a mask on, we would pour it. Well, I, I would walk over, I'd put the whiskey on the ground and then I would, ste- I would step away. <laughs> True. It, like we were very good about it. Cause, cause, and it was, it was serious because. Again, you saw how serious Corona was, and right. again, even though we're friends, like we, I didn't want to give it to you. I don't want to get it from you. So it's exactly. Gotta, so it's just yeah, we put the whiskey down. You went and picked it up, and then and yeah, and that was it. Um, and then we had to record separately, which which actually worked out pretty pretty nicely. And I just got used to like every day, every Wednesday, seven o'clock, sitting down at my table to my girlfriend leave the room and getting ready to like Skype you. But it wasn't the same. It didn't have the same. No, it was, it was, it was feeling. nice. But yeah, when you're not in the same room with the person, there's not the same energy. Um, but actually the funny thing is the, the, the lockdown started uh, tradition, which we still do now, even, or even when we can, uh, when, even when we could meet in person is that even when we started being able to meet in person, we still split the whiskey into two bottles. We didn't do that before Corona. Did we not? We didn't have the separate. So it was like Corona was when I started buying these separate little glass bottles so that we could pour half of the whiskey into that bottle. And what then, did we do before? Did someone just keep yeah, the bottle? Yeah, one of us kept the bottle and the other person got nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah. True. That was the way it was, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think people know this. Uh, yeah, after every episode, Jeff, Prince, Jeff bought these... Um, uh, these other bottles and then he prints out a label of what we're drinking and then every week we split who gets the real bottle and who gets the fake bottle but we each get half of but we each the get half actual of whiskey what's left yeah, yeah that way it's because you know that's why it's fair we each get half of the bottle you know so exactly uh, but that was started because of corona oh so. crazy i never even thought about that yeah yeah so that was interesting it's a little a little insight into uh what we did to keep the episodes rolling yeah but even but even then you know like our only social contact was basically 
those two minutes that we were doing a whiskey swap, as we oh, called yeah. it, you know. And eventually we cracked. And one day, I don't know if it was you guys were like, hey, do you guys want to just stay and talk? Or, or we said it. But yeah. but we ended up sitting down on the sidewalk across, like, you know, with a good... With like two meters between yeah, us. Yeah, a good six, seven feet or more between us, where you were on the stoop of your building. We're on the edge of the sidewalk across with people walking in between us. And we sat there for three or four hours just talking because it was the first time we'd had a conversation with yeah. anybody other than our girlfriends in month, two months, or however long. You know? Exactly, and and then uh, and then eventually, um, actually, we started doing that because that was around April or May when you were allowed to meet up with four or six people. So we actually were allowed to meet then, and we just still still stay distance. Then people were walking on the sidewalk past us, kind of giving us like a, a little bit of like a head nod, like oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because that that was really the only legal way you could really hang out was that that kind of a way. Like exactly. we, we couldn't come inside your apartment. You couldn't come inside. We couldn't really go to a, a park and hang out. Right. You know. So we were sitting across on a sidewalk. Yeah. And yeah, and that, that that was kind of uh, that was kind of nice. Eventually, as you mentioned before, when summer came, the lockdown was um, loosened. Yes. And I mean, you still couldn't. I mean, all bars, anything worth going to is closed still. Right. But they opened up more stores kind of around stores outdoor movie theaters were uh, open as well but but with 10 feet between people and, and rows were it was like every other row you could sit in yeah uh, you go to the you could go to the parks so pretty much like and you can meet up with up to i think it was 10 people i believe i think but even at parks it was still you all had to sit 10 feet apart you right know what i mean like like it was it was a different thing but we actually had a pretty okay summer because the weather was great and so we met up great with, yeah we met up with our us and uh, some other friends a lot and just went on hikes mm-hmm. and went to the park. It did a lot of outdoor stuff. But again, all, all um, social distance. Right. And, and we went like a lot of bike rides too because uh, you're riding a bike, you have to be distanced anyways. Yeah, yeah. So we went to bike rides and, like around uh, around Berlin, um, like, out, like outside the city, I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we, we did some nice, some nice things that... I think that stuff kept us sane. I think it definitely kept us sane because yeah. in March, Berlin was getting about... Um, no, Germany was getting about five to 6,000 cases a day, new cases a day. And then I think May and June, it was at like 200 a day. It was really, really low for yeah, a while. Yeah, 200 cases for all of Germany, not right. Berlin. All of, and we, we maintained that for a few months. A handful of cases every day out of a like, country hey, of 84 million people. Like, we did it. We survived lockdown. We're here in summer. This thing's going to be gone by winter. And then the German authorities were like, just so you guys know, winter is probably going to be pretty hardcore. And we're like, ah, come. 200 cases a day. How's, and it was. How's that going to happen? And then... August are raising a bit in September. Then 10,000 a day. October went hard. November went real hard. Now we're at like, I think we peaked at like 40,000 a day. I think we're averaging right now like 30 something, 30,000 a day. Yeah. It's awful. We had a time where we felt really better than other countries, including, yeah. including the U.S. But then we got to the point where we're like, our numbers are pretty much like the U.S. We are exactly. no better than the U.S. How did no. this happen? You know, yeah. And, and yeah, like I said, I was really proud of Germany, the way they did it in March when they first started. But um, the way it's been, the way, in my opinion, the way they've handled it, um, starting in October, I think it's been awful. They just locked down light, which didn't really mean anything. It didn't change anything. And they're not, in, they weren't, in, people, people were still meeting up anyways and meeting up outdoors and, and bars were closed, but 
they were selling this glue vine, which is like this mulled wine, and people on the street corners were standing in big groups of a hundred people, and it's defeating the purpose of even having the bars closed. Exactly, and, it was yeah. it was really not good. And then they said everyone go home like Christmas, things are lifted up again. Then we're gonna close it down again. Then it wasn't really fully locked down until later as well. Like it yeah, was it, an absolute shit show. Uh, now we're in full lockdown, and you know we're reaping what the German government sowed. Unfortunately, well, I wouldn't say the government. Also, the German people. The German people got lax. Like it's the it's the Germans people's fault that the numbers went up. People stopped going after regulations. Also true. They, they they became too nonchalant about the whole thing. I think yeah. you know. And again, like you said, the numbers were so low in the summer, and people were like, "It's done, right? I'm over this. I, like I'm done with this. Let's move on." And then people start hanging out again, and then that's what made everything bounce back. You but know? and and now you notice again. I think Germans are getting better with it again. Like I'm seeing. Like, the other, like last week they said you have to wear an FPP2 mask on the bun. Like a medical grade mask. You, you can't wear the cloth masks right. at stores or on the public transport anymore. On the way to work, on the way back from work, I'm seeing people wearing these medical masks all the time now, like that quickly. Mm-hmm. So I think people now realize like, oh shit, we got <laughs> to yeah. be better at this because we are done. And now, you know, we're waiting for the whole vaccine rollout thing. So. Which Germany's also bungling. It's going very slow. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's that's not fun as well. <laughs> but like, but it's, I mean, it's changed. If you think about it, I haven't hugged you in a year. I'm not anybody. I haven't hugged any of my, anybody of my girlfriend, yeah. you know, like, and that's weird to think about. You know what I mean? I know. Like, I haven't been back to the States in over two years now. Yeah, same. Is awful. yeah we couldn't go back for Christmas and, uh, yeah, so it's, but there are things that you've gotten used to. Like I've gotten used to, like not hugging my friends and all that. But yeah. but when you actually think about it, you think about how like kind of sad it is. It is you really know? sad. And it's like you need yeah. that body contact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but actually, well, one thing we should mention during the lockdown, we did do a lot of um, remote hanging out. You know, yes. We, like we found these. There's these um, Jackbox. There's a company called Jackbox Games that makes these yes. cool games that you can actually play remotely so you you can have the the you have one a person the host has the game on their computer and then they share their computer screen over zoom to everybody in different apartments and everyone has their phone yeah and your phone is their controller you don't need an app on your phone you just go to the website and you're playing these really really fun games yeah uh, so anyone who has steam on their computer or you can get steam and download jackbox games a few of them ranging from like five euros for one game to like 20 euros for like a party pack of like six With, games in yeah there. And, and, and they're, they're up to like one, uh, two to like eight people. Yeah. I mean, most games we had our, our whole kind of friend group, like it was almost every Saturday or yeah. it was at least once a week, you know, we would be like, oh, hey, game night, 8 p.m. Saturday. And we're all in different apartments across Berlin and we're all playing these games online together. Um, and because of Zoom, you can chat with each other and, and you can, can play see each games. other. Like and they're, they're very social games, you know, they're kind of like quiz games and drawing games and a, a lot of really fun um like party games that, that would yeah. work really well if you were in one room together. But we've never used them that way. <laughs> but we never used it that way. Unfortunately, hopefully we can once, you know, I don't know, in 2025 or something. <laughs> yeah. But those, but, th- but things like that kind of saved us. And there's a few nights also where somebody's like, hey guys, let's all just watch a movie together. And we just yeah. all, we just all timed it. Okay, at eight, we're all going to start watching this movie. And then afterwards we'll zoom and talk about yeah, it. We, and, we, yeah. we found this uh, Netflix party is a Chrome extension or a Firefox extension where you can all right. watch the same Netflix show um, at the same time, you can, like if Jeff has to go pee, you can pause it, and that's cool. So we, yeah, we did a lot of this remote stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think we made we are trying to make the best of it. Um, and I think like I, right now in the winter it really sucks because it's dark. You can't leave. It's it's, it's not cold. You're like at least during the lockdown during the summer, 
you could just go on a walk by yourself in the beautiful weather and nature exactly. outside, you know, but now it's, yeah. But, but you know, like I, I think another side of this coin, which we have no idea about is what is it like to move to, to a new country okay. during Corona, during a lockdown in a, in a, pl- in a time you can't even, I mean, when you move to a new country, what do you want to do immediately? Meet new people. You, you want to walk around, you want to explore, you want to, you want to get the culture. And, and, and if you move here right now, you're not going to get any of that. Yeah. So um, uh, we have a guest today who knows all about this. He moved to uh, Germany in the thick of it during the pandemic. He's going to give us insight and what it's like to move abroad during a pandemic and see how he copes with it. So let's move on to our guest. Here he comes. All right. We're here with Eric Berry, who recently moved to Germany and started his own podcast, The American in Berlin Podcast. At the moment, he's talking to us from Turkey, but we'll get to that. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah good. We're doing all right. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm, I'm living my 2021 to the fullest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so to start is... Um, Pretend that COVID like never happened and you're just a dude wanting to move. What made you want to move uh, to to Germany out of all places in the world? Yeah, um, I've been lucky or unlucky enough, depending on how you look at it, to not be bound by a job the last few years. Um, that's not that's a tr- great position yeah. to be in. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't really by choice, but I ended up getting let go <laughs> unexpectedly. Ah, and, okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, he just came off like a real dick right there, Jeff. I, I, I thought he meant, yeah, he was like, could, could work remotely. I thought that's what he meant. Uh, okay. Because I'm, I'm a freelancer, so I, that's my brain just went straight to that. Okay. Sorry, but yeah. Yeah, no, no. I, but the, within two weeks of, of me getting let go... I ended up, I was on my bike when I lived, I was in New York when this happened, but a few years before I was in Chicago and I got T-boned by a Jeep on my bike Ooh. and incidentally, yeah, like I w- almost died and oh my God. incidentally the, uh, the, the healthcare settlement thing came through and I was like, it was the dead of winter in New York. I didn't have a job, but all of a sudden I had like $35,000 and I was like, all right, I'm going to Thailand. Nice, <laughs> and, nice. Uh, yeah, and the anyway, my point in all this is is like that was really my first time properly traveling as okay. an American. Um, I did three and a half months in Southeast Asia. Um, wow! And I kept meeting everywhere I went, no matter the country. There was always Germans everywhere. Always. That is true. We, we, yeah. we, we, we've talked about that a few times. They're yeah. everywhere. They can't relax. Yeah, but contrary to like kind of the stereotype of how Germans are, everyone I met was super friendly funny, very open-minded, um, also spoke like amazing English. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Believe it. Sounds about right. Yeah. And that kind of opened my mind to, wow. Okay. Like the German people. And then I had gone to Germany, uh, just briefly like a, a week or so in Munich and then a week in Berlin and got to experience those two cities, which are obviously very different, but I, yeah. I loved them both. Then it's time progressed the last couple of years, got to travel more, kept meeting more and more Germans, kept getting a little disillusioned with the U.S. And then 2020 happened and I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> and uh, I decided that I wanted to live abroad and that Germany was the city that was kind of calling or Berlin was the city that was calling to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so you're, you're thinking, OK, I'm going to move during this worldwide pandemic. Were you 
were you like concerned or you just figured screw it i'll make it happen you know regardless of what i need to go through well and i've like there's not a great succinct way to tell this story but i was actually in ecuador when the virus hit oh Oh. ecuador closed their borders like if you were ecuadorian citizen abroad you couldn't come back in oh wow that's pretty hardcore yeah i was living in new york and it just i could have like paid you know a few thousand dollars for a one-way like humanitarian flight to texas or something Mm. but scrambling and paying money to get back to brooklyn was like that was like the last place you wanted to be in march or april uh absolutely i mean yeah then the the number of daily cases for corona were just through the roof in new york that's true yeah yeah so i uh i ended up actually staying um unexpectedly in ecuador for about three and a half months was quarantined with a bunch of people from all over the world who mentioned, um, oh, well, if you're looking to move to Germany, you know you can actually get a master's degree for free there, regardless of citizenship. Mm-hmm. And that opened the door to like, okay, so there's a way for me to get a visa to get in. Germany it is. Eventually got back to New York, decided I was going to end my lease August 1st. And then like July 1st, it was announced like, guess what? Americans are banned from <laughs> the European <laughs> Union. <laughs> And I was like, no, this was my escape plan. (laughs) Yeah. And one of the countries that was just accepting everybody was Albania. Okay. I moved to Albania. I was like, I'm moving to Albania for a year. Um, So that's your, that's your like how to get your foot in the European door is okay. I'll take whatever country I can to just get me close to my final destination. You know, I think Albania is beautiful. It is beautiful. I I was going to save money. It was a country I never had on my radar. I knew nothing about. And yeah, like be in a closer proximity to Germany. Um, So I moved there and then about uh, six weeks into like almost getting a year long contract for an apartment there. My university uh, messaged me and says, congratulations, you've been accepted into grad school, which was my like golden ticket to bypass that American ban Uh, um, into the EU. Yeah. So that's what a lot of people are confused about. A lot of people think it's kind of a complete ban, but I guess that's really only applies more or less like tourism. Right. So if you have a legitimate reason, like master's degree or master's uh, registration and a master's course, whatever, Germany does allow Americans in. Right. So once you had that acceptance, you were good to go. I will say nothing in this whole experience was ever like clear, <laughs> um, but it seemed to indicate, you know, <laughs> I would be showing up. I would have my papers of, like my matriculation papers and enrollment papers from the university printed mm-hmm. out hope that I didn't get someone at passport control that was, that was in like a bad mood, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and what was like, what, what happened at customs? Were they all wearing the full kind of hazmat suits and all that and, and, and making you show That's, everything or, you know, I never even thought about that either. Cause I haven't been to an airport in such a long time. I'm actually wondering too, what, what are the airports like? <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, which one I've been to like 15 in the last year, <laughs> but like, like, so le- leaving, leaving, ec- leaving Ecuador was, that was like out of a movie. I mean, that was people, you know, you thought if someone coughed, you know, 50 feet from you, you were going to die. And yeah. like, the airport was totally abandoned. It was super, super weird experience. Fast forward a few months. Um, eventually when I am, uh, landing in, I, I'm still not even sure which airport I landed at in Germany, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> There was, there's three of them, right? Or there were three of them, or there's two yeah. now? I don't know. Now there's in, two. in Berlin, there's two. Um, Actually, no, there's one. Now now, take a close. Everything's closed except for the new one. Now there's one. Yeah, there's, there's one. Now there's one. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. okay. 
I landed at the one that's like southeast of the center of okay. the city. So probably Schoenfeld. Probably Schoenfeld, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we, we landed. Um, they had the thing where, you know, they didn't have the jet bridge. We just got off on the tarmac. And they were checking papers of people directly on the tarmac as soon as you got down, like, the little okay, gotcha. staircase thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I showed my papers. And then she just told me that I, the woman said I had to get my uh, residence permit within 180 days. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Or else you yeah. were booted, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually yeah, longer but, than normal because usually Americans have a 90, 90, 90 days. day yeah. uh, tourist visa. So actually, how many, was it 180 days? No, you're right. It was 90 days. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was nine, uh, but still, three months. I haven't revisited know? this yeah. moment in a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I mean, there wasn't, it wasn't like get back on the plane or anything like that. Um, I did not have to show at that point in time, like a PCR test or anything like that. Oh, okay. Um, but the cool thing was, and so I landed September 28th and they had free testing at the airport, which I did. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's true. Oh, yeah. Nice. They don't have it anymore, but they did for oh, a time. Don't. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's been something that's been a bit of uh, a bit mystifying to me. Just like being an American, hearing about like, I feel like people always kind of, you know, crap on our healthcare system, which like I'm not any big fan of. However, in Germany, I've been struggling as well. Like, the idea that testing costs so much money because I've had to pay like a hundred euros for a test, whereas in New York, I never paid anything. Yeah, so it's actually the the reverse of what people experience. They, they assume like Europe has this amazing healthcare for, for for everything's for free, but you actually got better experience back well, in New York. Do you you didn't have any German insurance though either, right? No, but I I even my friends with German insurance said that they've had to pay as well. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, the thing is because yeah. Alex he's a he's a because he's a kindergarten teacher. He gets them for free, so yeah. you forget that other people don't yeah. get them for free. True. Yeah. Then I was then I was in the country, so. Um, at that point, it, it became, I suppose, if you can use the word typical for the last year, the typical process of getting my first, I think I got an N26 bank account and then like the animal dung and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And actually, how'd you go about the apartment search? Did you just do the usual websites or did you did you already have a lead on an apartment? Especially during Corona, it's got to be totally different. And it's yeah. hard. It's hard in normal times. Yeah, because right now yeah. no, nobody's moving because everyone wants to just hold under their apartment and not go outside. So, yeah. So I knew that uh, for my taste that like Kreuzberg and Neukölln were going to be kind of the neighborhoods I wanted to live in. I was like, oh, my God, you can get a one bedroom apartment with a balcony to yourself for 350 euros. (laughs) And I think that's because there was just this panic over Corona. Like some people may have been fleeing or something. Right. Um, Because fast forward a few months and I started looking. Yeah. Like I could barely find a room in like a Vegas for that price. Yeah, that's a ridiculous Um, price. I did. I went to I I I actually just listened to your guys episode from last week um, about the uh, Vegas searching. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. So I did. I did all that stuff. I mean, at first I was like, okay, I'll check out Craigslist and the Facebook groups. You know, overwhelmingly, it was like spam and scams. Right. Um, I did eventually go to Vegas Gazookt. And to comment on just some of even of what you guys had said before, like what I learned I had to do was set up an email alert. And not just a daily one, but for each individual ad and really make it a priority if I could immediately as soon as I got that um, message to that email alert to message them because it's a good tip. Yeah. 
Yeah, after honestly, after four hours, at that point, so many you know people I've talked to, it's like they already had two hundred emails at that point, so they're yeah. they're not making it to yours. Yeah, the post is kind of like null and void at that point, right? Because they probably even removed it from the site at, after four or five hours. Cause, yeah, true. Cause they're like, oh, we can just pick from these hundreds of people we already have, you know? Yeah. So I, I yeah I ended up um, once I kind of learned that tactic. I immediately would start getting responses. And at the time I was, uh, perhaps another tip for listeners, um, if they're looking for temporary housing while they're searching, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the site Workaway. I am not. I've heard of it. I I don't really know much about it though. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if you've heard of like woofing or like, um, basically it's volunteering in any kind of capacity, but typically I'll say it's like things that have to do with community service or organic farm kind of stuff um all over the world though people will put listings looking for workers and you'll come you'll you'll work typically like four to five hours four to five days a week and then you get provided room and board okay Um, oh okay but it's but it's not considered a job under the government's eyes it's still just it's just kind of volunteering or is it okay yeah i mean i would say 99 percent of the postings don't offer pay okay um but, that, but that, that, that's a great idea. If you, if you are looking for an apartment, you need, you know, a few months of something. And you don't have much money, you know, yeah, so, exactly. or, or you, you want to keep your savings as savings, you know, and not. Or if you just want to yeah. volunteer too. Yeah. Or yeah, you're just a good person. Yeah. You're just a good person. That's, that's <laughs> or all of the above. Yeah. yeah or yeah. all of the above. No, that, yeah. So uh, for me, I wanted to try to uh, reinforce the German I was learning. And so I found this like little organic kind of um, country farm slash house in the town called Schinnewalde. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And uh, it's about uh, by train. It's about two hours southwest of Berlin. So that was like my home base for a month while I searched. And then if I found a place I wanted to look at in Berlin, I would train into Berlin, see it in person. But I was lucky because the second group that contacted me back, yeah, I got the offer, which <laughs> you know was bittersweet in the way it turned out. Yeah. But, um, but you're just happy to have a place at that moment. I was happy to have a place and honestly the things that you hear about most people having difficulties with were the things I didn't have difficulties with and the things that you don't expect to go wrong were the things that did go wrong for me. <laughs> um, but I, I, so I actually found a place that was a room that was partially furnished kind of mm-hmm. um, wow. for uh, four, 350 euros warm. That's not um, bad. That's okay. Wow. Yeah. 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 In Neukon. My God. In Neukon. But <laughs> I mean, like I said, there's like a, there's more of like an insidious story in the ending of right. this whole thing. But like, <laughs> um, for my situation, it turns out I was replacing a, a boyfriend that was the victim of a breakup. Um, oh, so, my God. yeah, I think that they honestly just like, it was so immediate for the guy leaving that they wanted to find someone very quickly to replace it. Just to fill that, uh, that void. Yeah. Yeah. But for, and then it turns out like the fur, the furnished thing was really just the boyfriend had nowhere to like put his stuff after getting kicked out. So he like, it was a favor to him to leave his stuff in the room. <laughs> Um, oh, oh, and then the stuff but, was going to be gone a few weeks later. It was going to, yeah, it was going to be gone a couple months wow. later, but I, I, uh, sweet deal. <laughs> yeah. But the, really this thing that was like the most, the, the luckiest aspect of all that is that it did, um, come with the registration with the animal dung, which That's as good. an American is, yeah, I, I, I've talked to so many people who I guess are lucky to be in the EU. So they're not like 
um, beholden to this 180 days within a year mm-hmm. restriction, but who have literally just been like a subtenant hopping around yeah. um, for over a year because they can't find a, a room where they can register yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, my first year I was here, I think I had four or five different apartments because all I was getting was a two month sublet, then a two month sublet and a two month sublet because I just could not get a proper contract anyway. Right. And, yeah. and, and to get the, uh, the, the appointment, even, even just the appointment for the registration takes two to three yeah. months. Although I have heard they've been starting to allow it be online on Meldung now because yeah, of, that because makes of sense. Corona. Yeah. Because yeah. it makes sense. Cause it's 2021. Yeah. But uh, Berlin's slowly getting there. We're, we're almost to like, we're like almost 1985. Almost. almost. We're yeah. getting there. Yeah. Slowly. <laughs> But like so the, the major thing I wanted to ask you is you've moved abroad during a time where there are like no social outlets to meet anybody because of the pandemic, the lockdown, you know, bars are closed, cinemas closed, whatever. Like, how, how have you been dealing with that? I mean, is it as bad as it sounds or, or have you been and, getting and, through and it? And also because like moving abroad, one of the first things you want to do is explore the culture, is meet people, is, you know. Because you're alone and you want to do things. Yeah. Yeah, it has it has been tough. Like at first I was there was still just being enamored with being in a new country, being in a city that I that really spoke to me. And I think I w- I got like a little two week window of of getting that kind of magic, if you will. So I, I moved from Schönefalde to Berlin, October 16th. And so I had that window of October 16th to November 2nd. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what things were like starting to go up again. Yeah. And, but so things were open. I could go to bars. I, I do stand up comedy. I got to go to comedy shows, which was awesome. Yeah. So everything like seemed like on pace to be great, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then when the lockdown happened, which I wasn't too worried about, except I mean, since November 2nd, it's just gotten tighter and tighter and right. tighter. Yeah. I wasn't like I would say for for listeners, if if they're coming from a place, a city that's not so far north, the darkness during the winter really kind of got to me, especially in Berlin, which is, you know, in, in Neukölln, where I lived, a very like gritty, kind of dirty and dark neighborhood. <laughs> that's where and, I live. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. You, you come, you come, it's, it's totally mad. Like what makes Berlin and that neighborhood and everything so great is the nightlife and the culture. And you remove that. And then you even remove the element of like, just getting out of your bedroom to go to a coffee shop, to be able to do whatever, just get some fresh air. Um, and you don't have that. And it's yeah. so cold. You can't like, you know, you don't want to just sit on a bench outside for an hour yeah, and, there's, and, and there's no snow to enjoy. It's just dark and gray and depressing. No, or... <laughs> Or, or, or if there is snow, it's like caught in between like someone's mattress they put on the street and like a dirty, (laughs) a dirty diaper that's on the ground, you know, like, so it's, I mean, the the, the, the funny thing is like, he's not wrong. I know. (laughs) No, I have, I have a video I'll send you guys, but so, so that's what, you know, again, referencing last week's episode, most apartments don't, vegas don't have living rooms. So once the sun goes down you're like crap i'm i'm in my bedroom for until i wake up tomorrow for the next you know? or you're, you're even even because the sun goes down at like four right so you're like depending yeah. depending on how late you go to sleep you're like i got eight hours of being awake by myself or even more yeah yeah so n- none of this is to like disparage berlin but just to say it was a particularly um tough city i think 
for the reasons just mentioned to to be in the middle of this lockdown um and this time of the year as well mm-hmm. um yeah i, I yeah. believe it man yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure it's yeah that's that's difficult i mean uh i think we've said a few times before um berlin generally can be difficult in the winter uh, it's still a wonderful city summer makes up for it, and there's still lots of cool things you can do in the winter but when those things aren't available and you, and like you just said you just moved here you're stuck in your room it gets the sun comes up at oh, it doesn't come up it just it's just dark all the time yeah um people people don't yeah. realize that berlin it's really six months of just dark gray sky like i don't mind the cold if there was a blue sky no, outside cold's fine. cold would be fine but it's yeah. just it's kind of like london weather for six months it's yeah but it's, the other six months are beautiful well, no, it's more like three months, and then the other like. Oh come on, <laughs> May's nice, June's nice, July, August, September. Sometimes October is nice. Say five. Okay, maybe five. Five yeah, months. <laughs> but 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 it's it's rough even when there's no Corona. That's what we're saying. So during Corona, yeah, exactly. to go through <laughs> that's, six that's months this winter, it's got to be like it's just depressing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from from my perspective, like it's only looking up from here. You know, like. But given that my my housing situation fell through, I said, why don't I find why don't I temporarily be in a place that's warmer, has more sun and is cheaper and continue my apartment search in those circumstances as opposed to maybe quickly we can explain to the listeners at home why you are in Turkey. What led to you being in Turkey? As with everything, I, you know, there's it's never black and white and there's always two sides to the story, but I'll give you mine. Basically, when I was looking for housing, I originally am from San Francisco, and Berlin reminds me so much, particularly with housing, of San Francisco of 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got this offer. At first, it was sold to me that um, there's two roommates, two women. One was the ex-girlfriend of the, of the guy that I was replacing, and it was kind of presented to me that her mom owned the apartment. And I was like, okay, I wasn't loving that dynamic because I already knew that that was going to cause some like weirdness power wise, but Mm. everything else seemed great. So I moved in. There was, there was a, in German, like a a contract sent to me, which of course I had a German friend read. And then I used like Google translate and all that stuff. And it, it, it seemed fine enough. I was wondering when I got into the apartment, like, well, what is the other roommate paying what is the daughter paying? They both had much larger rooms and, and the, the daughter had like a balcony, mm-hmm. but whatever. And she sent me a WhatsApp message and said, hey, good news because of like the mitten deckle. Yeah. Which um, just so- for everyone at home, that's there's like a new kind of a rent freeze law, which is set to hopefully bring down rents across uh, Berlin. It's, yeah, it's, it's not completely official yet, but. Well, well, many people in the past few months have gotten their rent lowered. Yeah, but, but they might have to pay that money back if it, right. if it doesn't get through the courts in the next few months. But right. anyways, that's neither here or there. That's what he's talking about. Yes. Yeah. So she said, congratulations, like that combined with the de- like the furniture rental fee will lower your rent from uh, I was actually paying 400 euros to 350 euros. I was like, wait a minute. Like I wasn't aware that I was renting this furniture. I thought that the boyfriend just needed a place to keep it. Yeah, so why would you have to pay for his furniture if it's just storage, basically, for him? Yeah. Right, right. And and then it got kind of turned into, like, no, this is um, this is a fee for it being furnished. And as I'm, I'm kind of texting her back and forth, and the contract was due to be renewed for... I was, like, fulfilling the end of the boyfriend's contract, 
was due to be renewed January 15th. Now is as good a time of any to like try to clarify these details if I'm signing a new contract. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, can you just tell me like, you know, so what's the whole price of the apartment? Because what had become clear is that the mom wasn't the owner. The mom was herself a tenant. Ah, uh, so you were sub, 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 sub letters, basically. Uh, I, I, that is why. Uh, yeah, I was a, I mean, I was basically just a subletter, but like, I, like, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, that kind of changes some things because I want to see the original contract and they've had this place for four or five years at this point. Like, I just want to know what the other rooms are being charged and saying that my rent got lowered by the mitten decal means nothing if I don't know what like the pure cost of my rent and the other rents are. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. And according yeah. to the, according to the mitten decal, actually, whether the room's furnished or not does not change the price. So you can't you cannot actually charge more for a furnished room under the meat and decal. So with that, that not officially, it, yeah, that, that in of itself is illegal because um, it, it doesn't matter if it has furniture or not. But anyways, yeah, I mean that's news. I mean, good to know. Yeah. So and then she's like, well, there's also the account management fee, and I'm like, account management fee, like what? what? How, many, how many? Yeah, Sorry, we, how many hidden been, fees are in this? We've been, I've never heard of that. We've been in Berlin for how many years? I've never heard of account management account fee. Management fee. Wow. She. It sounds no. like she's just screwing you in a lot of different w little ways uh, here or there. Yeah, and you know, again, having gone through this in San Francisco and uh, seen it happen a million times, and it's not, you know, it's not my first rodeo. Like I've seen yeah, this kind right. of stuff. Yeah, happen. yeah. The daughter, she's like, you know what? Frankly, that's none of your business, and I don't even deal with the rent. You should talk to my mom, which is weird because she's the one who texted me about the meat and decal, and I was paying the daughter rent every month. So to then <laughs> absolve herself from responsibility. Yeah. What um, is this story? Wow. <laughs> So I, I messaged the mom very politely, and then she emails back, uh, you sign the contract. If you don't like it, you can find some other place to live. And I was like, I want the details that were not included in the contract. I don't know what this means or that means. And she basically like said exactly what the daughter said. That's none of your business. If you don't like it, uh, you can leave. And... And I was told, by the way, that they were going to renew, like, do you want to keep living here? Yes, I do. And this is like mid-December. Cool. We're going to put you on the new lease. And then fast forward to like, I don't even know, it was like January 10th. The daughter returns home unannounced to me from Munich, basically tells me that night, two days after I kind of had this like thing with her mom where it was like, she she was refusing to show me the original contractor, tell me the basic the details. Places. Yeah. Yeah, she said, the daughter came home and said, uh, we've decided that we're not going to actually renew your contract for the 15th. And this was, yeah, four or five days before. Which, like, um, forget about legally, but morally, how can you do that? Like, basically give somebody a few days to find a replacement, especially yeah, during I mean, Corona? I mean, that's ridiculous. This whole thing sounds ridiculously sketchy. Mm. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, I will say to their to their credit and you know a lot happened in the remaining five days i was there but to their credit initially they said we're not going to force you out you know we'll have we'll, we'll find like an agreed upon time to figure out when you need to leave so to their credit but what the heck was going on that they refused to show me that um it could just be that it was so low that they were embarrassed you know like because if it was an old contract the what what they were paying was probably so low and they're probably charging you maybe like 70% of what the entire rent for the apartment was for one room. You know what I mean? Something like that, I'm sure. Yeah. I also think that perhaps they were a little concerned because I think it's illegal in Berlin to 
be the leaseholder and not actually reside in the apartment and the mom didn't live in True. the apartment? Probably is. I don't know, but probably is. That I'm not sure about, yeah. It's just in the in the 24 hours after they said that, like, it just got so tense. And I was like, dude, I don't want to be living in this place. Like, mm. as things progressed and got pretty, like, nasty those last few days, I... They said, let's find a date that's reasonable for you to move out. And then I like sat on it that night. I had already been thinking about like getting out of the city as, as mentioned before, just because it was like dark and gray and like just my, my school is all online. And so I thought, okay, why don't I just give up the thing at the end of the month? Yeah. And she had a 650 euro deposit of mine. So I was essentially withholding rent until I saw what it was I was going to be paying for, for, uh, for January. And yeah, so fair enough. Um, yeah, right? I said, just take the, I said, take the money out of my deposit. And she said, I don't have your deposit. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't have my deposit. And she's like, well, no, the landlord has your deposit. And I'm like, you can't be be pretend to be like a bank and I give you my money and then I go to get it and you say, sorry, I lent it out to somebody else. Like, <laughs> you need to be the holder of my... So, oh God, man. And so that was this the only wild. leverage I had. And there, I, I don't want to bore everyone with all the details. But like, as I'm walking, trying to figure out what to do, in that interim, it had been announced that perhaps they were going to close the airports in Berlin on January 16th. Oh, uh, yeah. True. Um, okay. <laughs> and so my plan had been the 31st had been my plan. And then I get there and it's like, surprise. Guess what? Today is like today's like <laughs> Tuesday afternoon and Saturday they might close the airports. And so I decided I was like, dude, I know this is insane. But I think I'm going to try to leave Germany by Friday. <laughs> and <laughs> because I just moved from, well, Albania, but New York, I, I mean, we had just two suitcases worth of stuff, uh, put everything else in, in my friend's basement, bought a ticket for Friday. And really within less than 48 hours, I was I was gone. That's, in, that's intense. Wow. Honestly, that is one yeah. of the... Um, I don't want our listeners to think this is a very typical story because I've never heard a story quite like this before. This is absolutely wild. But, but I think it's also a, it's a good cautionary tale because even though it's not typical, it, it really shows like sure. people like, you know, uh, keep your wits about you, you know, because there might be people out there looking to kind of scam you slash maybe not show all the truth in order to not get a few, the truth to, yeah. to get a few euros out of you. So, I don't want to necessarily a scam, but it was definitely, um, well, okay. what, what, what it's a scam then that's a scam. That's pretty scammy. That's pretty scammy. Right? That's pretty scammy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say to anybody like, well, this may not be typical really because you may feel desperate looking for housing in Berlin. Like it really is better before you find yourself like too entrenched to do like, Dot your I's, cross your T's, get all the paperwork, ask for the, all the contracts up front Absolutely. so that you don't find yourself like stuck literally living in this dramatic situation. Yeah, well said, well said. Unfortunately, we have to uh, cut things uh, a, little, a little short. Yeah, we do. But we, of course, wish you a good luck in your, your next church. <laughs> you hope, hope, you, hope you find something more permanent with less, uh, with more transparency. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'd love to hear, um, I'd love to hear in the future what, where this adventure is going to take you next. Because this has been a wild ride. It, it has been, man. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. And I hope, uh, I hope when I do get back there at some point, we'll be able to, to share some whiskey together. 
Thank, thank you so much for being on. Every, everybody, again, Eric is the host of An American in Berlin, the podcast. So please check that out. And uh, yeah, good luck to you. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. And there you have it. Thanks again to Eric Berry for joining us. You know, that was a lot of good information, I think, for all of you out there who are going to do the move to Germany during the yes. pandemic. There's there's your firsthand experience. A lot of funny firsthand experiences. I mean, that, that, that was an absolute roller coaster to listen to. Yeah. Now, I think for a lot of you, uh, your route will be maybe more direct from... I would hope so. ...from your home country really to Germany. I really hope so. <laughs> uh, but, but again, that was, that was kind of the journey he wanted. He was traveling. You know, he was... He was uh, had some free time, wanted to make it happen. So, right, um, and he was up for an adventure. So, all good. But I think for a lot of you, it'll be more, you know, New York to Berlin or uh, London to Berlin. Or yeah, and, and, uh, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Just pretty, you know. I moved. I got a place. It worked out. But hey, um, I'm really happy he came on. Uh, that that was a lot of fun. His stories were really awesome. And I, and I hope that things work out for him because uh, me too. I think we'll get he's been up. through the ringer, you know. Yeah, at some point, I think we'll. Uh, he's in, he's invited us to at some point be on his podcast, so we'll get a little update. What happened? You yes, know? So. his American in Berlin podcast. Even though he's currently not in Berlin. Yes, um, but, but it's I think okay. it's better not to change the name. I like it. I like, I like American the in Berlin in Turkey. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, also, good stuff this is whiskey. This whiskey, this heaven's Where's door, my, straight right whiskey. Did you, did you pour this out? And not pour it out, Jeff. We, oh. we, you know, it's been a longer than normal episode, so you know, it's more whiskey to drink. We drank a little bit more. Okay. Oh, good lord! Come on. That was a that was a that was a hefty, healthy pour. Hefty pour. No, 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 I have no. not. I have nope, not taken. Nope. Sorry, you must give yourself an equally hefty pour. <laughs> I have not taken the photo of this whiskey go. yet, so people will see how much of this we drank in one episode. <laughs> when I take the photo, it's half empty. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Cheers. Oh, okay. Cheers. <laughs> it's a rye. It's a rye. It's good. Now, I, I can't say that this is an extremely special rye. I've had better ryes. Yeah. But this is a a solid quality rye. I can't really fault. It's very good. I enjoy drinking it. What I mean, what else can I say? Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's um it doesn't have this usual what I would associate with a rye. It's like a little bit sweeter of a taste. This doesn't really have that sweet taste, which is fine. I don't need which, which is yeah. fine. I'm just saying, um, but I do like the taste. I like the bit of like you said as we, at the beginning of the episode. It has that bite to it. I like yeah. that bite. Yeah, it's got a nice burn. And after <laughs> now we're in a third glass. Um, clearly, my brain just keeps putting it to my face. So there's something that I really like about it, and I don't know yeah. specifically what. Well, there's an ease um, of drinkability, which is which which is like a s- signature of any good whiskey. You know, that's true. It's definitely has that. Got the whiskeys that. we don't like that much. You'll notice that once we finish that first pour, that glass kind of just it gets put down, and there's no refilling of the glass. That's true. You wait till the end of the, the for the review, right? So yes, yeah, that's true. So uh, I guess it kind of says it all. So in that case, I'm going. Um, I'm going eight and a half again. I'm going. I've done a lot of halves recently. Mm. I, 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 I can't half, say it's a nine yet, yeah, but, but eight it's not and a half eight. is quite close to a nine, and I wouldn't say it's anywhere near a nine. I'll say eight. Eight? Yeah. Hmm. Because nine, I mean, it's like you're getting to like green spot territory or something. I don't yeah, know. Fair enough. No, 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 but no. I'm sticking with eight and a half. Stick with eight and a half. I, I, I do really like it. Um, yeah, I like it. I think, I think it's good. And also, I think buying, buying whiskey is also about the presentation. 
You know what? This bottle is beautiful. And like, this bottle's incredible. The shape, the the artistry on the front. It's a good whiskey. Bob Dylan. Yeah, and you know, Joe, thank you so much. Like, thank, thank you again, Joe. This is the enjoyed, nicest. This past hour, we were enjoying this whiskey, uh, and like we said, eight, eight and a half. So, uh, you made our our day. And let me um, read the blurb real quick. I forgot. Please do it real quick. All right, ready? Yeah. It starts with a quote. We wanted to create a collection of American whiskeys that, in their own way, tell a story. Quote, Bob Dylan. Our straight, this is not a quote, this is the blurb now, okay? Okay. So get Bob Dylan, Dylan out of your head. Gone. Our straight rye whiskey breaks tradition, finishing in toasted French oak barrels, air-dried in the low-lying mountains, mountain region of Vosges, France. That's all. That's mm. Vosges. Um... Where was that? The result, a smoother, more refined rye with notes of pepper, vanilla, and coriander balanced by a touch of sweetness. Love it. And on that note, cheers. Stay uh, safe. Stay safe. Stay thirsty, everybody. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next see week. on episode 52. That's it. Cheers. Bye.